0: This, uh, this is Joe Cole. This is Ruben off the cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London, London Is Blue, Blue podcast.
1: podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon and my Nick and Dan, and we are club World Cup final match review. That is right, Chelsea are world champions, far more official than the Super Bowl claiming their winners, the world champion. But
2: albeit Nick, here we go. It's it's a big weekend for us on the pod. It's a big weekend for us. Uh, we put out a little social video uh, yesterday um, cheering on our boy, CJ Uzama, uh, who is going to actually play in the game, whereas we just watched it uh, as, as casual supporters. But um, but yeah, look, two world champions one weekend. That's our goal here. And uh, just pumped to uh, pumped to the, the first leg of the two done. I think, Dan, that's where we're at.
3: I like how you refer to this as a double leg thing. I mean, look, yeah. Chelsea World Champions. Come on. we got to get excited about this. I think a uh, little bit of stuff to celebrate, too, you know, get it started here on a Sunday morning in the U.S.? So
1: to to clarify, that was a cork popping. As Dan is now doing his ninety ten split on his mimosa, ten percent juice, ninety <laughs> percent champagne. I don't know. So, there's a lot of juice in that cup. We'll see but. how it goes. Uh, about I,
3: to, uh, I, I look, there's no juice bottle around me to refill. There's only the champagne bottle around to refill. So that's the thing we got to keep in mind here.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah.
3: Not a we. Uh, but anyways,
1: I would like to say, Nick. Uh, albeit we are watching sports from home, I like to do it in athletic position, hunched over, hands on knees, yelling that's right. at the TV. So very athletic. But no, we uh we brought Naz in all the way from from uh, United Arab Emirates, somehow making it from overtime all the way back to London. Here you are, sir, to join overtime. us to take it all in. Hey, I've transitioned to America, Dan. All right. Anyways, Naz, what's up?
0: Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, efficient to get, get on the pod after that. Yeah, I've been in um, three countries. I feel like I'm an America now, so that's that's the good thing. But yeah. <laughs> I've uh, got a bit of a tan, so we, we're talking to each other. We can see each other's faces, so I managed to get a little bit of a tan. Not not as much as I would like. So would like to be at the pool a bit more. There was a lot of work, but um, yeah, I still got a bit of tan, and I, I'm, I'm looking um, yeah like I've been abroad, which which I'm happy about. And 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 I'm back in England, and it's abysmal. I couldn't believe how cold I was getting off that plane. It was, <laughs> it was chucking it down, ice rain. My God, that that is a transition.
2: Welcome home, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Back to harsh reality. So if they would have gone to uh, penalties, do you think you would have missed your flight? Oh, I would have been in trouble, I think,
0: man. uh, (laughs) Getting an Uber outside a major sports venue directly to the airport is, uh, is quite stressful. Ubers do not go close to these. And there are other taxi companies, by the way um but yeah getting a taxi outside a big stadium when you're in a rush my god the surge on the uber as well was brutal <laughs> so yeah wow. sorry goal you're gonna be uh, getting that expense through at some point <laughs>
1: well I'm glad you got to take it all in including the celebrations we're excited that like i said just be able to paint a much a much more rich picture around the game but look it's match review time, so we're going to be talking you know, a brief bit on the football. Uh, we'll be pl- praising a lot of the heroes throughout the night, a lot of different people stepping up uh, throughout the evening, which was a long one. And then, obviously, we'll to go through the accolades, the awards, and the things that we love from the Club World Cup, albeit short and sweet for us. So, anyways, Dan, let's go ahead and get the temperature check of the group uh, three-word match review, and I did plea for some spicy
3: ones. You did plea for some spicy ones. People uh, delivered on that expectation that you set. You know, we do want to, uh... <laughs> the first one is a member of our wonderful Discord family, Milhouse. uh li- With good luck charm, as uh, they welcomed uh, a wonderful little baby girl into their family. So that was uh, quite awesome. wonderful See, Congratulations. Artie
1: in the Chelsea onesie.
3: Love it. Uh, oh, yeah. Beautiful. That, the timing, the execution, almost as impressive as... Naz making it to the airport in time after the game was over. Uh, Just compared uh, birth to an Uber. Yeah. (laughs) 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 The the timing of the onesie to it. Thank you very much. John Patrick Ryan with uh, Tiago Tuchel Trophies. Gabriel uh, with Palmeiras Deez Nuts. Kaylin uh, oh, with the whole blue world, Nicholas with the Thanos We Are Inevitable, Brad with the Kaios and Trophies, VG with the Ice Cold like Kai, that. our wonderful co-host on uh, our Chelsea Women's Podcast, Jesse with the motherfucking world champions, Abdullah with the King Kai Havertz, Adi, our friend, uh, our Bengals supporting fan with the United as Plaqueta Eminence, Josh... <laughs> With a little bit of a Yoda gif here with world top of. You had AJ with undisputed world champions. Tana with the record signings. Deliver five takes with the build another cabinet. And then Jesse with the sex tuple in progress. Let's go.
1: A big ones. Some big energy Ky- coming out of that one. Look, Kyos, gotta, I can't believe. Kaios and trophies is pretty good.
2: I have to say. Brad, Brad nailed
1: that. Well, and Dan, I mean, how dare you not shout out Abdullah for also being on Blue Royalty after shouting Jesse out. I mean, come on. We got both co-hosts jumping in, getting involved here. I felt like it
3: encapsulated both of them, so I I apologize.
1: (laughs) Uh, I went with Tuchel Squad Management, question mark, because I'll tell you what, it took me about 115 minutes to wonder what the hell was going on uh, through this match. But yet again, ends with the trophy lift, so... Maybe that's on me, boss. Uh, Dan, what about you?
3: I went with Chelsea handled it. Huh?
2: Huh? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Nick, over to you. Quick, quick. El Capitan Leanda Asby. That is right. Absolute legend. Naz, what about you? Abramovich conquers football.
0: <laughs> Ooh, love it.
2: That's that's really good. <laughs>
0: It's true. It's true. So, uh, yeah, I think that's what it was all about for me. Um, and yeah, I think that it just sums it up. You don't need to talk of winning the world, you know, championship. You just won the world championship. So Abramovich conquers Football does the job for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's factual. Uh, it's inspirational. I mean, that, that is great. Uh, Dan, uh, we've got some, some Apple podcast reviews here. Uh, we continue to get love and support. And so we'd like to share that back.
3: Well, look, uh, Chelsea World Champions, London's Blue Podcast, World Champions of Five Star Reviews. That's right. Patrick from the U.K., Ryan from the U.S., and DW Loner from the U.S., all leaving wonderful five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, continuing our domination there. So thank you very much for that. If you haven't done it yet, five-star review there. A little bit of a positive comment. Super nice. Makes us feel warm and toasty inside. We appreciate that. And, hey, 652 five-star reviews on Spotify. Regardless how you might feel about where they make their investments, uh, we appreciate you giving five-star reviews there as well. So thank you very much for that. And uh, if you'd be so kind to leave one there, we would appreciate it as well. You can delete the app afterwards. It's great.
1: (laughs) All right. So match review time. It was Paul Maris this past Saturday, the 12th of February in the Club World Cup. It was at the Mohammed Bin Zaid Stadium. And in case you somehow missed it, Chelsea 2, Paul Maris 1. Goals coming from Lukaku in open play. Uh, then Rafael Vega getting their penalty in the 64th minute. Harsh, but we can discuss. And then Kai Havertz in the 117th minute. Bearing Chelsea's penalty. Absolutely ice cold water in his veins. Nerves of steel. So we'll go ahead and throw it over to the fifth stand-up. The only official Chelsea FC app to walk us through what happened through not only... 90 minutes and extra time. Here we go. I am once again here to be the bearer of bad news. We do not have the rights to this competition. So, no highlights, even when we win. It's a bummer. But I think the guys are going to do a good job of recapping this one. Let's throw it back. All right, lineup time with this one. We talked a lot about going into this, you know, what changes might make. You know, we talked about in our match review, talked to Matt Law about it. At the end of the day, Changes were made. And I don't think any of us would have predicted this to be the lineup, Dan. But uh, run us through who, who ended up getting the start. Well, look, it was
3: champion of Africa, champion of Europe, now champion of the world. Edouard Mendy between the sticks. Christensen, Silva, Rudiger as your back three. It was Kovacic Conte as Poliquetta and Callum Hudson Adoy as the four. And then Havertz, Lukaku, and Mount as the attacking trio. Unused subs included Chalaba, Jorginho, Barkley. Aretha Balaga, who did not have to come on for penalties, thank goodness. Alonzo, Bettinelli, and Kennedy. It was Pulisic, Werner, Saar, Ziyech, and Saul who all made appearances off the bench. Some for more unfortunate reasons than others. Polisic coming on for Mason Mount going off injured very early in the match.
1: Uh, now, as you guys get the team sheets right away, what jumped out to you on that sheet?
0: I was thinking I was trying to work out if it was a back four, and they, did, they were going to put Rudiger left back, or um, which would have been a bit crazy, but um, not beyond not beyond the the realms of possibility. Or um, Hudson had wing back. He's not been wing back for some time, so it was a bit of a surprise. I'm sure um, Palmeiras weren't expecting that. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was going to be pretty much the same team because there's no match now for a week, so I just thought. Yeah, maybe build like some momentum with the same team. Um, I thought Mendy would come in. Um, I, I was reliably told he would do anyway. Um, and then um, yeah, I thought that that would be roughly the team. I thought Mason was going to come in. To be fair, but I thought uh, ZH would stay in and Havertz would go out. So um, yeah, it, I I was wrong. And I thought Jorginho and Kovacic would continue their partnership. I think they're a great great partnership there. So um, yeah, loads of surprises. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of worked well, maybe not, um, because they kept changing formation, but, um, it was a starting point anyway. <laughs>
3: hey, Naz, before we, uh, go into the stats here, I-, I know we mentioned the stadium. Uh, can you give a perspective on how crazy the ratio of Palmeiras fans to Chelsea supporters was in terms of it being, I think as Tuchel as called it an away match? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think they both were kind of away matched in this competition. But um yeah, I mean Saudi Arabia was just over the border. Then Palmeiras, you know, the Brazilian fans, they love this competition and they, they travel so well, like everywhere. You go to a World Cup and Brazil always are always the number one team. I I absolutely love seeing Brazil in the World Cup and and it was very similar to that in this in this tournament. You know, this is the biggest game for Palmeiras, and they were in the same position as Chelsea. They'd lost the Club World Cup final they'd been in before and they had the heartbreak. Um, So they wanted to exercise the demons and the rivals were taking the mick out of it as well, because in Brazil, this is a talking point, in this competition, a little bit more so than in England, where we're a bit of a naval gazing country. We, we focus on our own leagues. But once you're in the Club World Cup, it's massive. And, and you know, me being there, it gave me a real sense of how big it was. You know, you, you had like all of FIFA in there, Everyone who mattered in football was there, pretty much, and and you know it was um, a huge event, and and yet yeah, I, I walked into the stadium. You have to get taxis everywhere in Abu Dhabi because it. They don't really have public transport so you guys would be well at home as americans <laughs> and, uh... stop it <laughs> we
2: got we got it man come on
0: <laughs> so yeah i got a zaxi there and um yeah i mean it' was just a wall of green pretty much um but at the same time there were there were quite a few chelsea fans it was just that they were chelsea fans from all over the world so i don't think they kind of blended very well together you know they didn't know all the chants a lot of them and stuff like that whereas the Palmeiras fans were all from Brazil. They were all the hardcore, so you didn't quite have the same intensity of atmosphere from the Chelsea aspect. And and yeah, I mean, they dominated the atmosphere and made it. And that was a factor that made it harder for Chelsea for sure. I mean, the noise when Vega scored was huge. And um, yeah, I think that that was a little bit of a, a point that made it harder. And and Tuckle couldn't really get his points across over the noise, even after just about getting there on time, like a Mission Impossible like something out of an action movie, you know, he probably parachuted out of an airplane, I think, out of a commercial airliner to get there in time. So, uh, yeah, it was it um, it was it was really interesting, the atmosphere. And it, it, I've never been to the Club World Cup before. This was my first time. I didn't go in 2012. And, um, yeah, I thought it was a really good experience. It was really good to see the different cultures of football and how English football fits into that as well. It was brilliant.
2: It is a really interesting point to tack on here, right, because – Tuchel did make it. You know, we weren't sure if he was gonna be able to, uh, you know, with his COVID diagnosis the previous weekend, be able to make the journey. And the fact that he was able to, as as Naz said, parachute in um and and land, you know, moments, it felt like moments before kickoff almost, like that was a a massive, I think, boost for the team that, you know, they kind of did the dinner thing and Chelsea, of course, got everything on video, um, as they, as they normally do. But yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's good for him. I mean, he certainly deserved to be there and it was unfortunate that he had a COVID diagnosis so close to kind of the final, but yeah, I, I think we're all really happy that he was able to test negative what ended up being, I think four times to, to make it to, uh, to the tournament. And, you know, again, it's just, in a season where nothing has been really smooth, um, this is another example of just all of the you know extra stuff that teams have to do to make it anywhere these days.
1: All right. Well, some of the high-level stats will breeze through. Is Chelsea was seventy-one percent possession. We had twenty-two shots, but only three on target to of their eleven. Also with three on target. We had seven corners to their three, eight tackles to their 16, and no offsides. Well done, Timo. We had one caution to their three, (laughs) and they also had a red card right at the end. Uh, Miguel Delaney uh, tweeting it out, and again, one of many, many people that tweeted this out, but uh, saying the European champions become the world champions as Chelsea become the fifth club to win every major trophy. The others being Juventus, Ajax, Manchester United, Bayern, Munich. An elite list that does include our friend Naz's United team. Uh so Nick, we had we, to
3: bring Naz on. He had to welcome us to the club. You know, yeah. like we, we weren't <laughs> in the VIP section yet, and so, now he's like lifted back the velvet uh, <laughs> the velvet robe. Like we do, we, do we
2: get a do we get a secret handshake? Like, what's the deal now? Like, do we Is get that coming in the or, mail? Is that yeah. what's coming? Help <laughs> us out here, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's a it's an awesome list to be a part of if you're Chelsea, right? And, uh, the, the ascension to be a part of that group is is pretty stark, you know. Like it's been a been a hockey stick type motion uh, over the last thirty years, and uh, yeah, I think just really proud to be among that group. I mean, that's a that's a good group right there.
0: That's why I said that Abramovich conquers football because you know you look at that group and they're all the old powers of football that have been around since. The longest time in Chelsea have been around for a long time. The no history thing is really dumb, but um, to, to get to that level so quickly, you know, like Abramovich has managed to do, um, yes, there's been wasted transfers, yes, there's been bumps along the way, but to get into that group after 19 years to win every trophy that's massive. And there's a lot of massive teams that aren't in that group. Um, we could say, you know, <laughs> Liverpool, uh, <a> few others. <laughs> ah, let's go. So, yeah. And, um, you know, Man City, I saw a Man City pundit was slagging off uh, Chelsea getting so excited about this. But, you know, you know that they're desperate to get the Champions League and even get into this competition. So, um, yeah, it's not it's easier said than done. And Chelsea have done it. And I think just that simple fact is massive.
2: Well, to you, Piers Morgan, uh, you wouldn't know anything about this competition because it turns out that uh, you haven't been let in to the club. Um, you long, have to win the previous one. Them. Yeah, you have to win the previous one to even be a part of the conversation. So on behalf of everyone everywhere, shut the fuck up. Thank you.
1: All right. Double down, Nick, with your end pet shithouse moment of the match.
2: Cesar Uh When I said El Capitan Leanda earlier, uh, this is one of the smarter in-game strategy moments that we've seen uh, before Kai's penalty, Right. Goes in, takes the ball, lets all the Palmares players come up, shit talk the ref, shit talk him. And then, because he's a, a grandmaster at this stage, goes, oh, you guys were talking to me? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to hand the ball off to my boy here who's going to take the penalty. Keep talking to me if you want, but the referee had already kind of cleared him out. And the look, the smirk on the camera that we got to see was just a chef's kiss moment for me and it just again in big in big games big players come to play it was an amazing moment for him and i'm really really happy for him i hope that goes
0: down, I hope that goes down in history that's that's something you don't normally see that is that is absolutely brilliant and uh, just from a strategic point of view it is cold it is so clever um wow i i I had no idea what was going on watching it on the TV. Well, I mean, in the stadium, but I had my little monitor there looking as well. Um, I was like, "What is Asclepius doing, taking a penalty here in the 150th minute? Are you mad?" <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, he pulled the wool over my eyes. I was as dumb as the Palmeiras players, that, you know, <laughs> and yeah, then it just turned out Kai coolly rolls, you know, rolls it in. Wow, um, so clever! That is so clever. The
2: quote was, I expected the Palmeiras players to come around the penalty taker. I already told Kai he was going to shoot. I just tried to release the pressure from him, be more calm. With three minutes to go, it's an important moment. It worked. Unbelievable. (laughs) That was just just fantastic. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. Um, All right, well, let's go ahead and hit our ad
1: break. Uh, Thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. When we're back, Uh, we're going to talk about the rest of the match. So here we go. All right, on the flip side, huge shout out to Jonathan, joined up on Patreon, uh, got access to Discord uh, and the additional things you're doing there. And then also we've got the uh, Chelsea Women versus Arsenal match review. Excited to hear about how you
2: guys can make that 0-0 draw exciting, Nick. We did. We made it (laughs) exciting. It was exciting. It was was a good match. So, yeah, Jesse, Abdul, and I uh, took that one on uh, yesterday before the Club World Cup. So that'll be out on Tuesday and major title implications there.
1: Yeah. And then Dan, common goal update coming later this week. Partners. Yeah, we got a
3: a little bit of an update. Obviously, it's a black history month here and uh, we want to get an update on what's going on with their anti-racist project and uh, the work that they're doing. Then we also have a two part tinkerman uh, on the recruitment strategy at Chelsea or. Lack thereof at times, question mark? Uh, yes, uh, we will let uh, our boys Yaz and Joe get into it over uh, two hours. So it's a uh, Thursday, Friday drop coming this week. So Another well. five pod week.
1: Get Meety. out of here.
3: Ca- casual five. We just walk it now.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the football, and then we'll get on to the celebration. So we've kind of already talked about some of the general thoughts on the match. Um, but I guess like, you know, Naz, I think Chelsea had a really good start, almost scoring in the second minute. Uh, Felt like we had some good opportunities, but then it really flattened out for for large parts of it in the middle. So um, I guess, like I said, overall general reactions for you in this one?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that they were flat for large periods of normal time. Um, I think that Palmeiras are good and we were always expecting them to be good and um, they played very well. Um, And the game plan as well for them was just sit off, counter attack, usual thing, nothing nothing remarkable about it but um certainly seemed to do the job on Chelsea and and really it was that brilliant Callum Hudson-Odoi cross that created it but Chelsea were lacking that imagination all too often um I was a little bit surprised when they brought off those two because you know they're the goal scorers involved in a big moment in your match and you bring them off so um it was interesting match tactically as well because Chelsea you know we have talked about the lineup earlier I thought it was a bit strange you know for a big game it almost felt like a a non-big game lineup in a little bit of a way that you might, you know, put Hudson-Odoi out of position or something like that. But he, he took to the task okay. but um, yeah, it, it obviously didn't work. I, I think that, um, you know, Palmeiras played against the same formation um, in the semi-finals, so they kind of knew what to do against a system like this. Chelsea had a lot of problems down the right-hand side. Maybe, you know, Mason going off injured hurt that. He was playing on the right at the beginning. Kante had a pretty poor semi-final. He did step up in the final, but he started the game a bit slow. Um, and yeah, um got exposed. And Christensen, who's not match fit yet, he also got exposed on one or two occasions too. So um, yeah, Palmeiras created a probably a better chance in 90 minutes. Um, but and and Tuckle took a really interesting decision um towards the end of the of the second half when after Palmeiras scored, the noise was like unbelievable in there. Like it was really loud for Palmeiras. Um, their sporting director was dancing around the um, the posh seats in front of Abramovich. And I was like, don't do that to Chelsea. You know, it only makes you mad, <laughs> but they were on top at the time. So you're like, my God, this is crazy. And um, yeah, but Tuchel made this decision to um, bring Saul on, which again, you know, you got Jorginho on a bench and you bring Saul on. It doesn't usually happen that way. Um, and Timo Werner, who's not really been fancied either, um, but the, the decision was just to play that um three, five, two formation that he sometimes played that's, that's a lot more defensive a lot more counter attacking um just to ride out that end of that end of that second half because Palmeiras will come in strong um and it was a really good decision actually i didn't like it at the time but you know it all you know the result makes you kind of reflect differently a little bit at the end but yeah it was a bit of a sort of um defensive decision and as big a bigger team chelsea you expect them to be on the front foot and they weren't but in the end you know patience was was a smart call so i thought like all these um, tactical Adjustments are very clever and interesting, and and I think Palmeiras have a great manager as well. I think he's really got at to the top, so he pushed Tuckle to the limit. And um, this is Tuckle who's just got just got over coronavirus as well. Probably a bit jet lagged from his flight, um, a bit confused about where he is. Um, so maybe maybe some of the erratic tactical decisions were based on that. But in the end, you know, they got it done. And and you know what, we talk a lot about tactics, but. There's a huge part of Chelsea that's not tactics, and it, and it, but it does come from Thomas Tuchel. He's instilled this unbelievable attitude in the players to be very, very hard to beat. And it's the reason why Chelsea European champions. And really, in my opinion, it's the same underlying principles that the players enjoy defending. They'll suffer, they'll fight hard, um, even when they're not playing well and and games don't too often get away from Chelsea and and hey it might be frustrating to watch but they always hang in there and they've always got a chance Chelsea to do the sucker punch and win and that's exactly what happened and that's why Chelsea European champions and that's why they're world champions and that's not by mistake that's Thomas Tuchel's zero standards on um you know uh, letting anything slip in in terms of work rate effort um the you know the the bare minimum of football and um you know chelsea lean on that so often to win tournaments and win matches it's part of i think chelsea's dna but i think it's also part of tuckles dna and what he instills in this club so i think that you know we talk about tactics um maybe it was a bit erratic but actually tuckle's coaching principles i think actually got chelsea over the line
3: well like defending and that 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 decision to bring in saul like not sexy but you know it is sexy winning winning trophies all the time is super sexy. That's a great thing to happen to this club. And, you know, I think in general, like maybe to pull it back to some of the the pro- individual performances on the day, like yes, the Lukaku and Hudson-Odoi partnership at times was not working terribly well even though like we were getting forward very, very often. Like, we had tons of time to get forward. We had tons of time. Even though their, their center backs were stepping out so far to disrupt what they we were doing, making it really, really difficult. Um, it did look like the there was space there, there was an opportunity there, and it was more like a, if you eventually try enough times, like, something is going to be there, something is going to be available to take advantage of. And, you know, I think that even though it was not, a great individual performance from either of them they partnered to to convert on the goal and you know i mean it was a great delivery from callum it was a wonderful header from lukaku and like as much as like you can malign individual performances nick like this is what you like you want to see the resiliency that players have to go and, and make something happen
2: I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm really struggling with this one, guys. Like I'll be honest. it was as ugly to watch as any game I've seen in some time. It was as frustrating for me to to take on as a lot of the games early in Tuchel's reign. It feels like it was all bark, no bite for a lot of the game. I mean, twenty-two shots, three on target. Come on. I mean, come on. Like that's i I agree with Naz and, and Dan, I agree with you too. Like one moment can totally change a perception of where a performance gets like ranked right until then hudson Doy was a two out of ten he was pretty bad um and he wasn't the only one to be fair like there was a bunch of really mediocre performances out there in the attacking sense right I think defending they really put in a shift and like I put out a tweet on on Callum about midway through saying like just like I would for Pulisic just like I would for Ziyech right I don't I'm not going to judge him as a wing back defensively because that's not who he like, that's not his skill set, right? Like that's not what he was brought up to do. We can judge him from an attacking standpoint, though. Like that's what he's there mostly to do is play in that left wing role. And until he finally hit a good cross with his left foot, he had not been a factor to me at all. And in fact, looked scared to take on Palmeiras players. Every cross he hit with his right foot was 10 yards over its intended target, which is weird because he's usually really good at cutting in and delivering that kind of soft lofted ball to like the back post. And, you know, that just wasn't there yesterday for him, it wasn't in his locker. I'm not as rosy on this performance as you are. That's probably the standard for the show. But I think the, I, I applaud the resiliency. I, I applaud the defensive solidity. You know, the handball is incredibly unlucky for Silva, right? Like there's just moments in this match that you could look back on and say that Chelsea were cruising 70% possession, right? All this other stuff. This was not fun to watch. <laughs> it wasn't a, wow, we're really Adam type of performance for me personally. And other people might disagree with me and that's okay.
0: Yeah. Chelsea had more possession and and more, uh, more shots, but like most of the shots were from long range. If we're honest, they um, you know they couldn't get in the box. They couldn't really, create any clear-cut chances. Um, actually, Palmeiras had a higher expected goals until the penalty. So when the penalty happened, you know, you get a really high XG, obviously, because it's a penalty. So, um, yeah, it was, you're right, it, it was a struggle.
2: And again, like, all that matters is the win. I totally take that under advisement, right? Like, we're all happy, we're all celebrating the trophy or whatever. But this is the, the latest in a long string of struggles up top, and it's continued for some time. And it doesn't look like it's being fixed, which I think is the the harsh thing, right? Because you have a really good performance happening behind those players for the most part. And, yeah, there might have been some times where the, where the front players and Havertz and Pulisic and a bunch of these guys getting fouled or getting unlucky with a pass, not quite making it through or whatever. But I'm not seeing, Brandon, any patterns that look like they're going to score us three or four goals in a game right now. For me, yeah, personally. there there were some good moments
1: in there. I, you know, I would say there was some some nice like passing. A couple Christian missed his left foot after about a three player combo. Um, You know, there were, but I'm this actually in the same camp, Nick. Like that was not fun to watch. I found myself being left frustrated far more than I felt I was being encouraged by the play, and that's why I put Tuko Squad Management question mark as my three word match review because throughout the 120 minutes, well. About to 115, right? I'm like, what are we doing? The subs, you take Lukaku and hudson Doyoff. off. You know, I, I think that sometimes, you know, I mean, if a player is scoring, like they just have the confidence, you just let him go. He didn't, fine, whatever. It ended up getting the result at the end. Um, and, th- and that is all that mattered. Um, but, you know, the other person involved in that goal, Romelu Lukaku out to Joe tweeting 10 Lukaku is now Chelsea's outright top goal scorer in all competitions this season with 10 goals with the Belgian scoring 10 or more goals in each of his last 10 club seasons effective so sorry Jorginho I'm sure we'll get a couple more pens this season and you can rival him <laughs> um, but you know with Big Rom he he did score in a cup final Drogba was there Drogba had a lot of quotes about Big Rom uh, after the match and uh, it was a good I, header
2: too I mean it was a really good header. foolish
1: yeah. And, again, I, I put in Discord, I was like, I'm really surprised we're taking Lukaku off. He seemed to be our biggest mismatch advantage in the in, in the match. Um, but, again, we, we got it done. Uh, moving real quick to Pulisic, because he had to come on early. Mount going down 31st minute. Sounds like he's okay. Simon Johnson tweeting that he went off on crutches and a brace. Cool. But then it sounds cool like, like someone it. fell on him. So, yeah, it's a ligament damage. So, it'll be kind of on him to see how bad it is when they get back. Um, but... Pulisic right I mean I think Dan you had tweeted out a lot of his stats and felt like he was pretty effective when he came on and barring the fact that he didn't get a goal um, seemed to, you know and before he became a wingback as well uh, seemed to have a pretty productive day
3: uh, he was involved in the attacking for us uh, I think he gave the Palmeiras players a bit of a challenge you know he started to see the same type of uh, treatment he can receive at times in the Premier League where the best way to stop Christian Pulisic just foul the fucking shit out of him like that like let me figure out how I disrupt and like this is the the official who like was looking in his pockets for like 90 plus minutes to find a card and like eventually discovered one that he like a fan threw onto the ground that he could then pick (laughs) up and use because like it just wasn't there um and, and look I mean you want a game to be you know, 50-50, you want a game to kind of not be beleaguered with distractions or disruptions. But boy, oh boy, Christian, I-, I think the way I kind of frame it is like he really put himself on the line today and kind of got into some really tough challenges to take one for the team, uh, particularly at the end. There was also some shit housing that he did in terms of uh, really, really soaking Milking up some it. of those tackles <laughs> as well. So, uh, again, gamesmanship uh, at a 1,000 at 10,000 yeah. this one, Nick. It was great.
2: I think it was a solid 6.5 out of 10 from him, right? Um, he was far more effective when, you know, as, as Naz mentioned, when they went to the 3-5-2, he was try- really playing in that space behind Kai and Lukaku. That's where he eats. Like, we've seen it before. Like, if he's able to find little pockets of space, turn, make a pass, run into the box, crash far post, whatever, like, we know what he can do closer to goal um, you know, again, I think drawing those fouls at times was key for Chelsea to break up Palmeiras momentum, which was, you know, I think crafty. The fact that he had 100 percent dribble success yesterday is a far uh, bigger improvement than what we've seen recently from him. So, like, that's a, a positive check in his column. But, you know, I would have really liked to see him put that long shot on frame, force a save. I That would be my only kind of um negative mark against him is like i, I want to see him create more chances uh for himself up top and you know but again to come on kind of cold in the 30th minute he couldn't have been expecting that i, I thought he really acquitted himself well yesterday naz and I, you know i'm happy for him
0: yeah i always i always trust him to put in the work though he always puts in the work he's so such an honest player i think he's like a really honest hard-working player and like he's even american
1: Come on, Naz, right yeah.
0: <laughs> just yeah, pure
2: guys, honesty but, over here, guy, come on hard work,
0: yeah, but you know what when he plays out of position, you see it even more like he doesn't re- he doesn't like it <laughs> you can kind of tell, but like he he doesn't you don't really see it in the performance, like you maybe see the level drop a bit, but you you don't see it in terms of running intensity, like it's all there, like they track him back, he's happy to do everything, so I do like that about him. Um, but I think he is getting frustrated with the way he's being moved around. You know, not starting that many matches. Um, you know, my my uh, friend James Ollie interviewed him for ESPN before the match, and um, he sounded quite frustrated in that interview. To be honest, with um, some of you know the way he's being played in different positions, and and you know, he said I, I get on with Supko, but we don't have a special relationship, basically. And and you know, you just you just read between the lines, and you're thinking. Mm, it's not 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 the happiest guy in the world but you know why should he be he's got big ambitions he wants to be one of the best players in the world he's always said that um and at the moment he doesn't look like he's on that path to becoming that best player in the world so um yeah i can see the frustrations but at the same time you've got to make yourself undroppable by doing what nick says and and getting those numbers because that's what Chelsea are looking for numbers from all the guys and none of the guys are stepping up and bringing the numbers. I just thought um, in this final, I just thought there was an easy win that Tuchel didn't you know, take and that was playing Ziyech. I don't know if he had something wrong with him because against the low block, I always just think he's the best one. He's just the best because he, he likes that time on the ball. He likes whipping in those crosses. You know, If somebody doesn't close him down, he's unbelievably dangerous, whereas Pulisic likes people's closing down, so you can go past them. But, you know, a team like Palmeiras don't do that. You know, Timo Werner can't run in behind a defense that there's no space to run in behind. So I found that decision a bit strange. But,
2: yeah, I mean... Z- Ziyech didn't look great when he came on, though. He didn't look as, as like, fiery, or did, he didn't have, like, the kind of boost that I thought he would being I would know, have, that late in the game. I would
1: have been interested to hear, like, what kind of... And I, I think I'll put this in Discord, or maybe our group chat, of, like, how many physical, like barriers Tuchel had to like manage with the players because it seemed you know to everyone's point here the substitutions like why is that happening well why is that happening and you're like oh Pulisic came on Ziyech must be injured just kidding Ziyech is coming on later in the match but clearly I'm assuming he still had to manage knocks and fitness levels because again it
2: just seemed a, a little bit weird well he's been the best player for us over the last three four weeks right like you would assume that you know big game player big game Yeah. Yeah. Combo. Yeah. Well, I do want to move officially over to praise for
1: the heroes of the night. Um, Aspie, Havertz, Rudiger, one of them with a contract beyond the end of this season. The other two uh, (laughs) do not. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, But I don't know if you guys have heard about this Aspie guy. He's uh, completed club football. The game is actually over. He has won. Uh, mm. the game so he's Final the boss first completed. player to do a clean sweep. clean sweep for Chelsea Adam Newsom tweeting uh that Asby is the only player to have won it all with Chelsea uh World Club Cup two Premier League titles a Champions League two Europa League titles a UEFA Super Cup an FA Cup and a League Cup and he might add a couple more at the end of the season we'll see how it goes <laughs> uh, love this one from Abiog Abiagu, who tweeted when Asby retires all the players must play his final game with their shirt tucked in. And I love my incredible
2: words. It's a great tweet. I don't know if I've tribute.
1: agreed with something as hard <laughs> as I have with this tweet. So it's uh, the tweet
3: you see and you wish you were the person to tweet it. Like that is so Myoa incredible.
1: Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. But uh yeah, look, wow. I think Nick, um, we have a signed Aspie Kit that'll be making it over to your studio. Uh you are the unfortunate or brilliant creator of Assist P. Laquita. Uh <laughs> You've definitely kind of carried the ASPE flag for this group. Um, ha- have you cried?
2: I, I, I think seeing him uh, lift it yesterday and just to realize that of all the great players who have come before him, right, and there are plenty of great players, we all love them, um, that he's the guy that completed it as unlikely as it seemed even like three seasons ago for that to happen you know i mean he's uh, on twitter he's been retired four or five times uh five people who didn't think that he should be here and again i think it's just we've talked about this before but i want to reiterate it because i think it is important there are a lot of players who don't maximize their ability throughout a career or throughout a lifetime, right? I think that he has, I think the reason why people like him is because he has clearly maximized his ability and contribution at Chelsea football club. He has done absolutely everything to be a part of the team, to be a starter on the team, to be a winner and a captain on the team. And while he may not have the physical attributes of Reese James or, of any other challenger that's come his way over the last 10 years. He has been the guy to make it because I think he's been the guy to, uh, not only be a consummate teammate, but be a consummate professional. And yeah, I got a little emotional watching it yesterday because I think the, you know, my, my sense of this cup is like, I'm glad it's done and dusted and we don't have to worry about weird breaks in the, in the season anymore. We can kind of get on with it now, but I am really really happy that a guy of his caliber is the guy to do this. You know, it's less about his performance. He's he's not my, you know, first choice wing back in the team. We all know that. We all understand it, right? But when asked to step up, he delivers time and time again and I think it's just tremendous.
1: Nas, I think him and Silva you could see we're playing with an extra Uh, An extra set of motivation that the other players didn't Um, their energy and kind of like uh, tempo was much different, I think, because they know this is surely their last chance at this trophy. Um, But again, Aspie really being the driving force, uh, you know, I wouldn't say wasn't amazing, but he lifted the team.
0: Yeah, I don't think he had an amazing match, but you know, it I think there's a sense that he's been here for so long, and that's incredibly difficult. Like Nick's tribute is literally perfect, you know, he's been retired five times, um, and all this. And um, yeah, but what really you know, those two players you mentioned, Aspel and Thiago Silva, what struck me at, at the end of the match with those two is those two seem to look the most emotional about the achievement, and I think age is part of that, and I think that. This season for aspley there is uncertainty around the contract, but that doesn't mean he doesn't love Chelsea. That doesn't mean he's not totally committed to Chelsea for this running. He and I've been told, reassured this, and you see it on the pitch anyway, that he's just absolutely, you know, not, not, not turned his head towards any of the club at the moment. He's fighting for Chelsea. What come, what may, at the end of the season, a lot of things are out of your control as a footballer, but he is absolutely fighting tooth and nail for every trophy, and he did that on the pitch. and And I think that there was a moment, and I saw some of the interviews with him after the match, and it felt like to me there was a moment of reflection in his eyes. Where um, you know, after he finished talking about the brilliant Kai Havertz penalty thing, he um, he also looks like he he was he was emotional because I think he's realised that he is definitely a Chelsea legend. That's that status is assured, absolutely assured. I'm not just talking about a. Uh, a tier two Chelsea legend talking tier one. You know they're going to talk about you know John Terry, Cesar Azpilicueta, Frank Lampard, and Eden Hazard. They're going to talk about those guys in the same breath, and that that is the biggest compliment you can pay to him. And as be oh, self aware, and,
3: and and he's won more than some of the names that you've mentioned. So I, I mean, like if we're just talking about the pantheon, like part of the requirements to get into the party is to have won a maximum amount of trophies and to lead a team to do that and to at times put this team on his shoulders like you know to, he's been degraded he's been you know cast aside he's been sold and re, resold many of times he's been placed into 15 billion different positions uh we've also been told we can win the champions league with 11 of them and they're you know, like look this is the guy who every day is just consistent in what you're getting from him from a performance and i think we are so over the moon in what he has been able to achieve in this club it's just it is a really special story amongst all of this
1: like i said he's self aware uh i think it was a pre-match interview or i don't know post doesn't matter whereas he's like look i remember when i came to chelsea he goes i wasn't a big name signing eden hazard was the name up in the lights he goes my english wasn't very good and he's like his first match was a training ground match at the academy against charlton and he talks about how he had to fight his way into the squad and his fight 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 and that's all he's ever done for this club and um that to me that just cements it even more you know that he he knows that uh what journey he's been on so um all chelsea fans should be just singing his name in, in praise
0: yeah, and, the, and the other thing is about him as an unsung hero is he makes the other players better by setting the example in training. And um, he's he's been talking Rhys James through matches for for the last two seasons or so. And now he's he's talked him through matches so well that he's made Rhys James a good enough player to replace him. And that's just selfless, and that's doing your job for the team. He's a team man that sums him up. Um, he's unbelievable.
1: Surely he has gone down as like played more positions regularly than any other professional. I mean, left back, right back, uh, right center back. It's 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 wild. Uh, Kai Havertz, right? Add up to Joe tweeting too. Kai Havertz is the first player to score the match winning goal in both the UEFA Champions League final and then the subsequent FIFA Club World Cup final since uh, an up and coming player Lionel Messi for Barcelona, uh, back in 2011. Occasion uh tuchel on havertz i'm happy that kai stepped up and took it the way he took it this can only be good for his development um kai mother effing ha uh, havertz. hey brandon who,
2: who who is on your uh, shirt
1: yeah i know i got lucky you guys won't be able to see it but i did buy kai kit after he scored the winning one uh in the champions league and it doubled down
2: hi oh
1: oh uh, beautiful
2: I, I don't know, uh, Dan, how you felt about his overall performance. I, I think it kind of flittered in between pretty good and pretty bad for most of the match, and it it was it was clear to me in the first period of extra time that he was absolutely gassed, like just couldn't couldn't make runs, and then and then something weird happened. He got this second wind in the second half of, of extra time and looked untouchable for a period and it was it it, you to see a guy go through all of that in the period of 30 minutes after he just played 90 after he's coming back from COVID and other stuff I was extraordinary like he really really showed me something in that second half of ET and I I was very very pleased for him that he was able to kind of get off the off the mark a little bit with with a goal at the end there
3: well, I, I hope that it's not Roman Abramovich in the stands as the way to unlock his big game energy or his uh, Mamba mentality there. But in general, you know, some of those deep runs he made in terms of, you know, getting, you know, starting from even midfield or the center circle at times to kind of break further forward, really, you know, his movement, you know, he the thing, the difference with him, you know, with Rom on the pitch and then off the pitch is like he got a chance to be, a little less static, play a little bit more central and his ability to just draw players around the pitch. So It was really, I think, you know, to your point, like that's what made a difference from an attacking thrust standpoint. Like he was able to pull people from one, <laughs> one side of the pitch to the other, if necessary to start like creating actual movement and then actually allow us to get further forward up the pitch because he said, no, I'm going to drag you from where I am to the other side and you're going to have to follow me. And like, this is the thing I think it would be interesting for Tuchel to go back after this match, Naz, and kind of figure out, okay, we've got this second second half of the season now with a League Cup final, an FA Cup run, a Champions League run, um, and the remaining parts of the Premier League to figure out how does he take the positives of Kai in this performance, kind of returning back to the
0: team, getting fully back involved, and build upon it. Yeah, it's about where you use him as well, isn't it? Because, you know, he played center forward at the end of the match, like you said, and and why, did you know, the beginning of the match and and what's he best at? I think he can do both pretty well. I actually would slightly prefer him as a false nine, but are you going to do that with Romelu Lukaku, your record signing? Probably not. So um it's a tricky one, really. But I just think maybe Tuchel needs to be a bit braver sometimes with the decisions around the forwards and say, look, Rom, you're a big name, but we're going to pull you for this game because it doesn't suit you. I think that that's... That's where Chelsea can maybe make a few extra gains in that situation, but certainly Kai Havertz. When Chelsea signed him, he's and he, he still is this guy as well. He's, he's the best talent of German football, so there's a lot expected of him. He can still be a superstar. Um, he's got that potential in him. You know these goals just show that. It's just about whether he can get like the others get the consistent digits. But on the day, I thought he's the best attacker for his all-round play. I mean, it's not saying much, like, you know, hopping back to what Nick was saying. But, um, yeah, he was the best. He was the most dangerous. He, I liked it. There was a moment where he got latched onto an Aspilicueta throw-in, touched the ball in his thigh, volleyed it first time, his left foot. I think it went out for a throw-in, but I just thought that was a lot of flair to throw into that situation. That's what I wanted to see. It got me off my feet. And, and yeah, he was trying something, you know, and uh, I like that. And he was also quite physical as well. And I think you're right. He's... He was tired. I think Christensen also fell into that category. Like he needed to come off. He was exhausted as well. So, um, some of the boys are not quite fully fit, you know, and that's why some of the performances were a bit a bit low. Um, but Kai just played every minute, and fair play to him. I forget this. Kai's the same age as Reese. He's
1: younger than Pulisic. He's younger than Mount. He's probably closer in age to Callum Hudson Adoy. He's twenty-two. He's young. I forget this because of all the hype and the things he's done. Like, he's still a, a kid that could be playing like U23 football if his career were in a different spot. Instead, he's scoring game winning goals in the Champions League final and playing under some of the most pressure at one of the top teams in the world. So uh, go on, Kai. Uh, have yourself a career. It started off quite well. Uh, And then for the psycho of the match, also known as man of the match, uh, Antonio (laughs) Rudiger here. I think he dented the man of the match trophy with this grip that he's got. Um, Naz, he doesn't have a contract, but he seems to be going from strength to strength this season, getting man of the match in this in this one. Absolutely demolishing a corner flag. What can't he do?
0: Yeah, signed a ting, as the Arsenal fans say. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was so clear he was man of the match. Like, when I was sat in the stadium, he was the brick wall that Palmeiras really couldn't break down. Um, there was loads of times when they were trying to run him behind, and it was him sweeping up, you know. Thiago couldn't keep up, uh, was tired, um, and it was Rudiger. Time and time again, they were match-saving interventions, but, it, it, you know, as a defender, it's hard to get, and, and yeah, I think sometimes defenders, you have to see them live. But his value, he's the—he's my player of the season for this year. And it just means that he obviously needs to sign the contract. Um, more and more, I believe he will. Um, you know, every every week that goes by, I always get like a little nugget of information that tends to make me think that he's slightly more likely to sign his contract than the last. So that's the good news for Chelsea fans. I mean, he loves London. Um, and, and another one, you know, winning the Club World Cup, Maybe that's another argument for the contract negotiations. Look, you're winning things at Chelsea. You're having a great time. We all know he's having a great time. Punching corner flags. Chelsea fans love you for it. You can throw around chairs all you want in this club, but they love it here. So um, they they embrace you for who you are. Um, And maybe another club wouldn't have that, you know. Um, You're our lunatic and we want you to stay. So um, I think that... I think that absolutely, um, yeah, that he's 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 player of the season for me this year. Um, that this has to be,
3: that has to be the chant. You're our lunatic. We want you to stay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it
0: trended. We,
2: um, we we have to talk about this post goal celebration thing really quick uh, not to interrupt you in ads, no but
0: explain it <laughs>
2: the frame by frame analysis of this is nuts okay so he goes over the group is is celebrating rightfully the 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 game-winning goal uh s- makes his way 50 some yards right not a small jaunt Goes over, finds a folding chair, WWE style, gets talked out of, I think, hitting one of his own teammates with it. I don't know what the deal with that is. Uh, Then decides, all right, I got to take out this frustration and anger and excitement on something. Behold the corner flag. And then he goes and, uh, and really puts, you know, we're looking at the form here. I mean, he's really putting something into that. Uh, might have cut his hand. We don't know, but it uh, really starts to bury the uh, the corner flag there and then gives a little tap on the head to Jorginho and then leaves. There is no rhyme or reason to it, Dan. I don't know what it is.
3: UFC ain't ready. Like, they are not <laughs> ready for what Rudiger was dishing out there with that punch. That that was a knockout punch to the corner flag down for the count <laughs> after it. It was uh, it's fantastic. Again, uh, he's our lunatic and we want him to stay. We want him to stay. <laughs>
1: I mean, that just rolls off the tongue, too, uh, which I like. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and wrap up with some of the accolades and awards. Uh, you know, clean sweep from Chelsea, just being big time here. Uh, and this guy, Nisar Kinsella, tweeting, Abramovich enters the field of play with Marina Grinovskaya, and immediately high fives Thomas Tuchel. Uh, would love a fist bump. Amazing photo here of them shaking hands, embracing. I know Tuchel... Uh, you know, said in his comments, this one was for Mr. Ramich. There's no doubt it's for him. We met shortly on the pitch after the final. I said, congratulations. And he said, congratulations. And I said, it's for you. It's your club and it's your input passion that made this possible. And again, best owner in world football. It seems like it's hard to argue with that. Uh, the run that these two have been on, Dan, as you so eloquently tweeted, um, probably better than Abramovich could have ever imagined, especially, as we will never forget, replacing an absolute legend in Frank Lampard.
3: Well, I mean, he needs one more trophy, and he goes above Ancelotti in terms of uh, trophy haul for a Chelsea manager. And it's been 382 days! 382 days! And this is where we're at. And, look, this is, this is a special time. And I think it would be... It behooves us to kind of just preach this idea that we should soak it in, appreciate the moment because ultimately like this this could go tomorrow, right? Like these things don't happen all the time. And so like soak it up, take it in, appreciate what Thomas Tuchel is doing for Chelsea, appreciate the way that Bramovich has enabled him to do that and hope that it may continue long into the future uh, to to break the cycle as it were.
1: Naz, what was the uh the site obviously we got to see Roman out on the pitch in Porto. Um we got to see how much it meant to him there. There's been a little bit of back and forth maybe between the pundits in the UK, maybe some uh fans that don't support Chelsea saying this isn't a big cup. It kind of seemed like Roman thought it was a pretty big cup.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that um you know, that's why the players were nervous as well. I think that was one of the factors you know about the poor performance in the semi-final. Um, Zotlow said that they were a bit nervous because of what it meant, and um, they felt it. And it was, it was definitely meant a lot for you know in, inside the club. And um, you know we, we got to go to the training ground and stuff um, over there. That was in this lovely hotel, the Ritz Carlton. Um, and it was it was beautiful setting, um, but at the same time they didn't want it to feel like too much of a holiday or like a preseason tour because it it meant a lot. And like Petr Cech did a speech to say, I'm he he, he swore he said I'm still pissed off about um you know not not winning this trophy i i i failed in 2012 um we did everything i've done everything with the club but this one this is the one that hurt me because i never got the chance to go back to the final so don't waste a chance this is your chance you might not get another chance to do this um so yeah it is a special time it is a special trophy um, and it meant a lot to Abramovich to complete that and and you saw actually from the tweets you know from the the club account they used that brilliant photo of Abramovich holding the trophy a lot of people who know Abramovich a lot better than me were um you know using that photo as well um i think that that photo will be framed somewhere and put on his eclipse yacht because it's uh, i think it's a, a huge huge moment for him and i think that there is a sense that you know he he has done something that's you know, ridiculous, unbelievable. Um, it's, it's rare that an individual has such influence in a sport that they can transform a club from, you know, a good club to one that's really at the absolute apex of one of the most, well, the most popular sport in the world, the most competitive sport, the one with the most money pretty much, apart from some of the US sports maybe. Um, so it absolutely you know, a global trophy. Um, and it meant a lot. And, um, yeah, I think that, I think that this match was, was, um, it's going to go down in history, you know, a bit like the Champions League final. I think that, you know, in the club, they'll they'll, they'll look at these players as you've done something unbelievable. And, um, yeah, it's a shame they can't go out in the champagne. Cause they got to play in a, in a few days time.
1: <laughs> Naz, did you just say, you know, Abramovich, just not as well as other people. Can we, can we go back to that? Do, do you have an in?
0: I don't know Abramovich. This is the closest <laughs> I've ever been to Abramovich, actually. In the same stadium. Well, I was, um, yeah. Usually, he's like somewhere in the gods with a, you know, an armed entourage. But I was, we were right next to him in the press box this time, so I was able to look at him and his reactions. It was quite cool, actually. But yeah, certainly, you don't get to know Abramovich uh, easily at all as a journalist. And um, yeah, he's, uh, his mis- his mystique, lives on till this day.
1: Naz got a whiff of the cologne and it was completely, you know, intoxicated by it. Uh, And we should also, (laughs) we should also say, Abramovich has done it at great personal cost. Okay, like again, Chelsea isn't just like this cash cow. He has plowed a lot of money into it. We we are not a nation
3: state funding a football team. No, it is an individual funding a football team.
1: Uh, Nick, Thiago Silva, one player of was it the tournament? As a young 37-year-old against a Brazilian (laughs) team, which I'm sure was a little bit more special for him in that case. But again, I talked about earlier him and Aspie really with the urgency, knowing this is it. This is my chance
2: to add this to this unbelievable list of trophies and awards that he's won. Yeah, I mean, uh, there there are times there was a – this is a simple, really stupid thing, but I'll just, like, categorize what I think of him in this moment – Palmeiras boot the ball back to midfield. Tiago Silva just calmly chests the ball down to his foot and is already looking for the pass. Like straight away. Under pressure, doesn't matter. He is a just a Rolls-Royce footballer. And it is incredible to see him put all of his experience. All of his skill and ability just out there for everyone to see. Like, it's just it's not hard to look at him and go, oh, he's quite good. (laughs) You know, like it's it's just astounding. And the fact that we're going to have this guy for three seasons and, you know, God willing, he's going to play at a high level for three seasons for Chelsea. I mean, if you're any other club in the world, you have to be looking at that going, how did they pull this off? you know, it's outstanding.
3: I feel like I uh, I neglect every Dan of the Match poll by not putting PSG in as a potential man of the match for letting <laughs> Thomas Tuchel and club captain Tiago Silva leave and come to Chelsea because that duo just continues to amaze, impress, confound logic that, like, this ended up happening here. And uh, it's a super special, Brandon.
1: Well, and then you see the tweets of, like, Tiago Silva came to England for a season just to try it out and see what it was like. Leaves winning the Champions League, the Club World Cup, like all of these accolades. You are like, oh, that wasn't uh, that wasn't so bad at all. Uh, But Naz, my man and a little bit controversial that Mendy played and started. But I think actually Dan Dan and I were of the opinion. Listen, Dan and I were the opinion that you. Play your best players. This is Tuchel's job to win absolutely everything. The club didn't give him a remit to make everyone happy. He said, go win. Uh, Mendy comes back in, plays, didn't have a lot to do, right? He had actually had a couple uh, of good crosses that he had to deal with. Um, Anyways, came back in, hard done for Kepa, but Kepa seemed to be engaged. He was getting warm, right? As we got close to the the end of, of extra time, knows his role but like these two is a one two punch like chelsea went from keppa's broken nothing to now we have mendy unknown unproven really like the the two year transformation with these guys is is unbelievable
0: yeah that's down suckle really um unbelievable from him and um, yeah i think also Kepa needs a lot of credit for what he's done um he's changed his game i, I learned some information as well um you know in the week that he He's, he's really transformed his game. A lot of Spanish goalkeepers like to drop deep on the line. Um, you see like David De Gea got beat from a lot of long-range shots. Kepa did. Um, you know, the way they coached him in Spain um, is a bit different to England, but you need to be a bit more proactive in England. You know, the, the secret is if you're a smaller keeper, if you step back in your line, you've got more time to react to the shots, but then also the goals bigger. So it's like a catch-22. And I think that it was hurting Kepa. So Kepa had to reimagine his game. And When Mendy came in, he had the time to do it. So he's actually improved his game from being out of the team, which is um, fascinating. you do see that now. He doesn't really get beaten too easily. Um, mistakes are rare. He's playing in harder matches a lot of the time than Mendy as well, because he'll play in the cup and Chelsea will be rotating the whole defence. So this guy's busy throwing his arms around, you know. Mendy's not like that because he's playing in Chelsea's first team. So, um, yeah, I think that Chelsea basically got two number ones now. That's that's where we've moved to. Um, and yeah, I mean, Mendy's still the real number one. Of course he is. Um, but Kepa's good enough to be number one. He deserved to play the final as well. Mendy deserved to play the final. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be all Chelsea Twitter and we have an argument about who deserves or what. They both deserved it. And it sucks for Kepa. I feel really sorry for him. He deserved it. Great performance in the semi. He's one of the best players in the semi, man. Um, some of the late saves he made, they weren't easy. So, um, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a sustainable position, really, because I think Kepa needs to have the ambition to to be the goalkeeper he deserves to be. And and if Mendy's at the club, and, and Mendy's the world's best, FIFA ranked him the best goal in the world, and nobody can argue with that. Um, you might say, you know, Ballon d'Or gave it to Donnarumma. bit dumb, in my opinion, but there we go. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. Just
2: think, a bit, yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Kepa. Mendy... Is is one of is the best in the world, if not top five. So Kepper, you know, does need to leave, and and he's proven that maybe a team can spend a bit of money on him. Um, I don't think Chelsea will get back the seventy one million. Of course they won't. If They get back half, it'll be a miracle. But I think he um, deserves to have a great career somewhere and become the goalie that we all know he can be.
1: Yeah, he's earned the bids that will inevitably come in this summer. Um, we have to see, what, you know, where his head's at and where he stands. Uh, but super blessed. Uh, Nick, these celebration photos were just an absolute whoa, delight.
3: Whoa, whoa. Can, can, can we at least use the stat, though? Everyone Mendy has won a trophy Everyone, tw- every 21 games on average since joining Chelsea. Like, that is a stupid, cool stat. Every three weeks.
2: Sorry. Yeah. Champions League, AFCON, Super Cup, Club World Cup. Uh, he's also the UCL have, have goalkeeper you, of the season. Have you
3: heard of those? Th- those are pretty cool trophies.
2: The best men's goalkeeper, AFCON goalkeeper of the tournament. That's Edouard Mendy for you. Winners win. No big deal. Uh, So back to the celebrations. It was good to see Rhys James and Ben
1: Chilwell out there. Looks like Chili B's got a new tattoo on his forearm. Can't quite make that out. We'll have to see. But again, it was uh, take the whole squad. It was a training camp, as we talked about. So they were there doing work as well. Uh, this just reminds me of that Mason Mount Ford, the GoPro on his forehead. When he's going out there, he's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. big man with the 22s is there in the weight room. <laughs> uh, best content Chelsea put out in a really long time, by the way, if you haven't well, seen that Mason Mount Chimel video.
3: Also tried to refuse the medal <laughs> and and uh, Dr. Evil of FIFA was like, no, no, no. Take take the medal, man. Take the medal. You're good. Take it.
2: We got, we got plenty of gold. Don't worry about it, you man. Know, We've been storing that gold for years. It's crazy. That's a crick. Uh, then you've got Tiago Silva and Jorginho. Jorginho
1: hogging the trophy and Silva just, come on, man. I just want one photo. His good compatriot. And then what in the actual nightmares <laughs> is Rüdiger doing <laughs> for the team photo? Like the one where he's got uh, his hand on the side of his face propped up in the front row. The biggest like teeth smile and the eyes oh, are just man. piercing. I uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, and then you have the social media. Hermanos, no fights anymore from Rudiger and Kepa. Uh, that's probably good for Kepa right now. I mean, I'm not trying to fight Rudiger.
0: No, you don't win that fight. So yeah, better stay out of it. But yeah, Rudiger's man of the match photo as well was ridiculous. He, he did some sort of another WWE type, uh, you know, promo photo or something like that. Was just screaming into, just screaming with the trophy, man.
1: Big energy. All around from everybody. All
0: right, Dan of the match, one
1: that you were never going to win, but uh, you had to put the effort out there. And I think you did pretty well, Dan. I just want to give you a little pat on the back.
3: Aw, thanks, buddy. Um, Look, as Filiqueta, Havertz, Rudiger were the three, and I left one as another because, you know, it's... Splicing beyond that was pretty difficult. But Havertz won in our poll. I don't know if that's actually the case. I mean, he's probably for the penalty. But uh, 41% there. Rudiger with 38%. Aspiliculte with 20%. And then Other with 3%. People shouting out uh, Silva, Polisic and others.
0: Naz? No, it's Rudiger. Definitely. I've never been more definite about a man of the match in my life. I was was blown away by his performance on the day. Um, Yeah, it was obvious to me.
3: I love it. Shut
1: it down.
0: Rudiger.
3: Naz said so. Done.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm feeling a bit like that about this one, to be honest, guys. I'm like, you've got it wrong. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, voters. It's just
2: it's just recency bias with the penalty. That's all that is. Yeah, it was
0: you're right. Yeah. Spot on.
1: I get it. Well, I think that's pretty much what we have. I mean, Nick, big weekend again. Uh, Chelsea adding uh, another trophy. It's not significant because our rivals weren't in it. Uh, classic. I mean, this is clearly bigger than the Community Shield. Like, this is clearly bigger than the League Cup. And, and it's bigger because to get there, you have to win the Champions League. Not the Europa League. Not the Conference League. The Champions
2: League. And uh, that's just kind of how it works. Yeah. I mean, enjoy this. Like, everyone should enjoy it. It's, a, it's, you know, again, like Dan said, it's completing the set. You know, really happy that... You know, outside of Mason Mount, we didn't pick up any other injuries and stuff like that. Like, there's you know a lot to be happy about right now. As we've talked about before, as we talked about after the Champions League final, it's about what you do with this momentum now, right? It's about how you take this, you know, these good vibes or the sun that you just got, you know, now that you're back in cold ice England, whatever, uh, and and what you go and achieve. And in a couple of weeks, there's another thing to go win. And then we have a huge mountain to climb, you know, to to make, you know, top four cement our place in top four and then FA Cup, Champions League, all this other stuff that's going to happen. So hopefully the team is able to gel more now that they've had a positive moment and can take that and make something out of it.
1: Yeah. Naz, big, big uh, five, six days out in in Dubai for you. Or I guess Abu Dhabi. Um, It sounds like you said it felt big. It's a FIFA tournament. It is big in, in its own regard, but I mean surely it it has weight and merit.
0: Yeah, it does. And I think when you're there, it feels bigger because you've you know you're dealing with the people who are working on it, you know, you're seeing what Chelsea feel like and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's easy for fans of other clubs to dismiss it. You know, the Premier League's our bread and butter, we love it very much. Um and I think that's where it comes from. You know, you don't you don't start the season as a as a Liverpool fan thinking, oh, I can't wait till the Club World Cup comes around, I'm gonna watch that on TV. Mm because you don't know anything about Palmeiras. The only team you know about is Chelsea and you don't want Chelsea to win. So that's, I think that's where that attitude comes from. And I do think the format could be improved. I think maybe if it was at the end of the season, more people would watch it as well. And and I'd like to see the format improve because I think that, you know, aside from Chelsea, what I love from this tournament was seeing the other clubs, seeing the football culture of these other clubs. And I think we don't do enough with it. I don't think FIFA do enough with it. Um, And I think that I I... I was blown away by Palmeiras as well, Um, you know, as a, as a more neutral in this conversation and um, yeah, Al-Hilal did okay as well. So it just shows you that beyond, beyond our horizon, sometimes there's, there's more to see and um, that excited me a lot. And um, there's all these great players as well. Some of those Palmeiras players will be playing in England someday. Maybe one of them will join Chelsea, who knows? So um, yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, And I think that that's where we're at with it really, but yeah, Chelsea should be, you know, enjoy it. I think that's another message to have. I think they need to enjoy it. I think fans need to enjoy it. Realise this is really special. You know, all the other clubs, Succo said it kind of in his post-match interview. You know, other, other fans will be jealous of this deep down. Um, you should enjoy it. And um, sometimes I feel like it, it can be, you can be too used to success and you don't enjoy it enough. But this, the champagne popping that Dan did was absolutely spot on and and everyone should have a glass.
2: I would just a couple of quick shout outs, uh, the first being Cam Rota, who put an amazing thread together on Twitter. He, he's a guy that went to the final with us um, in, in Porto, and he kind of was talking about the culture around Palmeiras, Brazilian League, stuff like that. So it's really interesting to go he look at. He lived in Brazil. Respect.
1: Super, super interesting. Yeah.
2: Uh, so he's awesome. Uh, so go look at, at Cam Rota's thread, and then uh, just a shout to the to the carefree Louisiana guys who put together a fucking amazing party yesterday, Blues Day. Uh, they they did the match. They did a little bit of Mardi Gras after that. I mean, it was just. It looked fantastic on the story. So just a huge up to them. What a massive event to put together. And it looked very successful.
3: Yeah. I think one one other last shout out to uh, a friend of the podcast, Olivia uh, Buzago, yeah. just doing yeah. incredible work. Uh, the interviews with Petr Cech, the post-match interview with Kai Havertz, uh, really just showing up uh, in the Club World Cup. And uh, awesome to see the success that she's had uh, adjacent to the success that Chelsea is achieving uh, on and off the pitch as well. So uh, a- excellent work. Yeah, when her Chelsea
1: fandom intersects with her professional life, oh, great, great oh, success. Ter-
3: ter- terrible world to live in. Oh, it's awful.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. Well, again, Naz, thanks so much. We appreciate you kind of staying up as long as you physically were capable to do this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you're the real hero.
0: Yeah, you finished me off. Like, I feel like Kai Havertz probably feels today, probably depleted. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but thank you very much, guys. It's always great to be on. And um, yeah, you are the best chelsea podcast so um, oh. that's why we're here appreciate that <laughs> dan if you oh, could go ahead stop. and uh,
1: chug that drink i think we can wrap but uh look big week five pod week chelsea fans so more more action coming at you uh but until next time chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high